AA Beyond Belief is a podcast by, for, and about people who have found a secular path to sobriety in Alcoholics Anonymous. From the beautiful studios in the amazing city of Kansas City, Missouri, I am John S. And I am joined by my co-host, Angela B., from our satellite location in <laughs> Idaho. Angela, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm good, John. How are you? I'm doing great. And uh, so we've been traveling through the 12 steps in our secular way. And yeah. we have finally reached step 12. <laughs> I know. So that means that we've had a spiritual awakening. Yeah, um, as the result of these steps. As a result of these steps, that's right. <laughs> and so we try to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Yep. That's about step 12. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I looked at the alternative 12 steps in the secular guide, and, and they pretty much, you know, say it the same way. They they do practice the principles of these steps in all our affairs and carry the 12 step message to others. Um, and they highlight that uh, the principles uh, for this step are commitment, self-discipline and service to others. And that makes sense to me. That's kind of how I understand it. Was there anything that your sponsor had you do for oh. step 12? Like did no. you guys have a party or get down on your knees? No, and not like that. Hurrah? You know, I actually, I was thinking about this. Um, step 12, I think, for me, has just been a way of life. And it's just been something that has evolved over time since I've been sober. And I was thinking back about all the experiences that I've had in AA over the last, you know, 31 years. And how step 12 has um, kind of come come into my life in different ways. And... I, what I find interesting, I guess, I, I was thinking at a meeting yesterday. In fact, I was sharing at a meeting yesterday. That I was in this meeting yesterday, and I'm like the oldest person in the room. I've been so sober longer than anybody. And there's a lot of new people there who are like, you know, within a few months sober, maybe a year sober or whatever. They're all starting out, and they're struggling. And I, I just felt so inadequate because it's been so long since my last drink, I, and I'm so much older than them. I just don't see that they can relate to me. And I was just thinking about that. I, I don't, I just feel like my role is so different now. I just feel like almost like a bit of a dinosaur. But <laughs> when I, when I think, <laughs> when I think back when I was starting out, I think that some of my best work as far as, you know, on the ground with alcoholics was when I was fairly newly sober. Um, I don't know if this happens a lot now, but we used to get phone calls at our group and they would take us out on these actual 12-step calls where you'd go to someone's house. And, you know, I remember the first time I did this, I don't even think I was a year sober. And I went out to this guy's apartment with an with a old-timer from the group who's really experienced with this. And when we got to this guy's apartment, and it was a mess and everything, he, the guy was still drinking. And I remember from reading the big book and everything I heard in AA and all this stuff it was like, oh, don't mess with anybody if they're drinking. You have to wait till they're um, remorseful and hungover stuff. Well, anyway, so this guy was just taught my this old old timer that I was with. He was just he was just start talking to the guy, you know, regardless of whether or not he, you know, the guy was sitting there drinking. And and I don't know, I I was just I just remember from that experience that okay, I guess you don't really have to do this by the book, and. I was just really blown away by the love and concern and compassion that this old timer that I was with was showing for this person who was um, still drinking. And so anyway, we left that guy's apartment and then we went out and we had lunch or something. And from that time on, me and that old timer who went on that 12 step call had a bond for the rest of the time that I knew him in AA. And that, I think, is the strength of AA, I mean, the strength of the 12th step. It wasn't so much that that person that we went to visit was got sober. I don't know whatever happened to him, 
but it did strengthen my sobriety and it strengthened my friends and it brought us together. So it kind of brought me even closer to another person, which was helping me. So that has always been what has been behind my, my approach to the 12th step. But in the early days, it was a lot of hands-on physical, I mean, carrying people to the hospital, stuff like that. Whereas now it's much more like, um, being the old guy in the room who I guess <laughs> shows that you can be sober and have a stable life, you know? So Right. Yeah. No, I, I know that I, I needed that when I, when I got to the rooms, you know, I needed people that I could, you know, emulate um, who had stable jobs and stable relationships and, you know, possibly owned property right. and uh, had a car that maybe right. was, you know, less than a decade old yeah. and, you well, know, all of actually, that kind but... of stuff. <laughs> well, that's why I said possibly. Because, right. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, because I was one of the people that, you know, didn't lose everything when, yeah. when uh, you know, I was in my alcoholism. I had never achieved anything to lose. And so I still needed to learn how to, you know, achieve all of that kind of stuff. Um, and so, yes, yeah, so I needed people that were that were older, um, as well as I do remember a woman who was in my uh, first home group, um, and she only had like three months more than me. But um, you know, we were kind of bonded because when you know I met her and heard some of her story, um, it wasn't that we had the same story. It was more of a time thing that you know she had made it you know three months, and uh, that that seemed doable. And so, you know, if I did some of the stuff that she did, maybe I could stay sober, you know, for at least that long. Um, but I also had my eye on, on people who were, you know, living lives that, uh, that seemed to, to be what I was going for, you know, what, what I wanted my life to, to look like when I grew up, right. <laughs> even though I was grown up when I got there. Um, but yeah, um, so people who were, who were um, balanced in life, because yeah, when I got there, I really knew that I wasn't balanced and that that's what I was looking for. I think I phrased it as a, you know, I had family members who uh, were able to stay sober, but were still crazy. And so I was hoping <laughs> yeah. that I would uh, be able to figure out a way to stay sober and, and you know, live a better life. Um, and yeah, and so that's that's kind of what it what's happened uh, mm -hmm. for me. As far as a uh, 12-step calls, um, yeah, uh, we don't really do that. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I know that I've heard some of the, the older people in AA talk about it, you know, and some of them wistfully because I think they've had experiences like yours um, yeah. that were very meaningful to them. Um, but, you know, in this day and age, um, I, I think it's somewhat dangerous it uh, to be able to do that. And perhaps it was then too, but yeah. I think particularly now. And so, so I don't recommend it um, for people. Um, I don't know that I would go on one um, unless it was somebody that I knew and had either worked with in some way or kind of knew yeah. their situation um, because, yeah, safety and, and yeah. um, you know, and it actually just started two getting women dangerous together. To, yeah. um, the last, actually the last physical step 12, 12 step call I went on, this was a really weird one and it wasn't that long ago, maybe 10 years ago or whatever. The guy, um, we went over to his apartment and he was talking suicide and we got in there and he had a gun on the table. I was scared to death. We got out of there. We called the police. We said, hey, this guy's talking about killing himself. He's got a gun, you know, and the police went over and talked to him, um, which was the only thing we could do. But, um, yeah, it, it is, it is, it is, it is like, um, nowadays I don't know if I would do it either. I think that was the last time I've ever done one. And I think the last time I ever will do one. <laughs> right. Well, you know, and, uh, the, the necessity of them, you know, I, I think in the beginning, of course, you know, people didn't want to deal with alcoholics and there wasn't anybody else really um, other than the church to to try to deal with these people. But today there is, you yeah. know, um, we, we have uh, places for them to go. We have professionals that can work with them. And, you know, most of the time if they're in, you know, some acute, you know, distress, that's who should be doing the work with them. And then right. we can, you know, be the community and the support after they're after, uh, after right. they're you know physically stabilized because if they're you know yeah on something and and uh or ex 
extremely you know distressed mentally uh there's nothing that we could really do or that we should do we might make the situation worse so so i i generally suggest that people um yeah, if there somebody calls that they know and is in that situation, um, to uh, to call the police or or call one of the agencies that works with with that more directly. Yeah, so. and you are you're absolutely right. Um, if you are going to work with somebody who, if you're if you're going to be if you're dealing with somebody who is um, coming off of alcohol, it can be of course really dangerous. And uh, <laughs> I, you know, yeah. I uh, for for them and for you. Yes. <laughs> For them, like, uh, I remember this one guy took to their emergency room and as soon as we got there, he started having a seizure and I don't, Angela, I don't know how I would have handled it if, if it would have happened before I got to the hospital. It was so frightening. Um, oh God, I've just seen a lot of stuff. So yeah. So it's like, um need to do a, a, a trauma podcast right Maybe after this so. one to, to help you Maybe work through so. some of those in a way though you know in a way it was actually good to see all of this stuff that I saw up close like that because I mean I got to see the physical the physical aspect of alcohol people coming off of it you know going in the worst in the worst way and um I don't know. It just it just really made an impression on me, and 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 always has that how just the physical nature of the addiction to alcohol, just how bad it really is. Yeah. Um, well, but, and I, I could see how that would be helpful um, yeah. for for some people, um, but I think that for some of us, uh, we grew up with True. you know that kind of an environment, oh, and so many of us, you know, and and I think it probably depends on the age when you get to the rooms too, True. you know, because I got here in my 30s, so I had seen oh, stuff God. just with friends and, right. and things and situations, so it wasn't, um, you know, you didn't need that uh, education. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't that helpful. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, but uh, yeah, so I think that there's a lot of factors that can come into you know whether that that would make a difference in your sobriety or not. Um, You're so right. I, you know, I'm, I think about my friend Ben and he, he would talk about how when he was a little kid growing up and his father was a really bad alcoholic, how he would just, you know, have to clean up after his dad or his dad would be passed out in the bathroom. And God, I, I didn't have to deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. All of the, the Al-Anon, Alateen things of we're a normal family. Yeah. You know, we're just dragging dad in from off the front lawn, you know, the next morning. But, yeah. you know, this is completely normal. Nothing to see here. So if you grow up with so. that, you don't necessarily have to see that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But again, you know, it was it was helpful for your experience. So it you know, was. I like it was part, I like that we share that. Yeah. yeah, we share that because there's somebody who might relate more to that than they would to to me. You yeah. know, I, I'm hearing more and more about people who are like, no, I had a great childhood, you know, and oh. I still became an addict, you know, and it's like, okay, you know, and so I think all the stories need to be included so that. Um, so the people who are out there that are listening can identify with one of them or, or, you know, if they do identify with one of them, they know that they're not alone and that, that maybe they can get some help if that's what yeah. they need. But this yeah. step is more than just about that though. This is more, it is. The, you know, it's more than just about physically yeah. even helping alcoholics. I also see it as just service in general to my community, to my family, to AA, you know, and not just that, but taking everything that I've learned in my recovery from the time I started to where I'm at now and using that for any problem that comes up in my life, you know, right. that's what yeah. step 12 is to me. Yeah. The thing that when I was, you know, researching and, and before these, uh, we do each step, I, I look at several different books and, you know, Josie's beyond belief, 12 step stuff and um, the alternative steps. And, uh, and the thing that uh, made uh, really spoke to me this time uh, for step 12 came out of Roger C's uh, the little book a collection of alternative 12 steps and it was on page 44 um, Stephanie Covington who wrote a woman's way through the 12 steps um, what she writes for step 12 is um, with recovery this can mean that we offer a straightforward explanation of the 12 steps as well as our own personal experience how we reworked translated, revised, or otherwise bolded the steps until they were relevant to us. We all have more to offer than the party line and by the book resuscitation of the steps. We can share our story in any way we like. 
And yeah, I think that kind of sums it up for me on, on how um, I think of step 12 is that, you know, I'm, I'm sharing my, my story, uh, my recovery in whatever way I can. And sometimes it's, you know, within AA and sometimes it's within the secular AA community. You know, some of it is doing this podcast with you, um, just participating in meetings. And then outside of it is, you know, trying to live in integrity. Um, you know, that helps people as well, you know, um, to, to uh, identify with me or, or they, you know, appreciate when, when I'm uh, kind or offer grace in uh, difficult situations. And all of that, I think, is, is part of the, the 12th step for me. Um, one of the things in, in Joe C.'s book um, from September 20th, uh, he was talking about uh, the 12th step is more of a responsibility and stuff. And uh, he said, um, when anyone anywhere reaches out for help, we will not complacently hope that someone else will help. <laughs> and that, that made me laugh because I, I honestly have sat in meetings where, you know, I didn't want to raise my hand to, to sponsor or, you know, um, do some of the stuff that we, that we generally do when we're, you know, um, working within the 12th step. And, uh, and so that made me laugh and, and reminded me that, you know, that I've done that and I see other people doing that. But I think um, in general, most people really, you know, take this seriously if they've gone through the steps and, um, and are willing to help other people. And, uh, and then it just takes some time to learn, you know, the best ways to do that. And, what's effective what's not and you know boundaries and all sorts of stuff so it's like you get to learn all the the 12 steps again in a different way when you start to sponsor and that's uh, generally what a lot of people think of as the 12th step is then starting to sponsor and possibly doing more service work within you know the AA service structure but really it's you know it's doing uh, anything where you're sharing your experience strength and hope and and living in your own integrity, um, and people can see that and start to do that as well if they aren't. Yeah. So. Well, I believe it or not, someone has actually called in, and he's been waiting for like four All right. months. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Great. Let's let's take on. some calls. Hello. Well, hello, fellas and ladies. It's Glenn, Glenn G. from sunny oh. Atlantic Beach, Florida. Oh, hey, Glenn. Hi, How are Glenn. you? Hi, Glenn. Yay. <laughs> Hey, girl, how are you? And hey, John, how are you? Fantastic. Yep, awesome. Great. Well, I saw your post the other day, and I thought, you know, let me put this in my calendar and check in with my crew. <laughs> Even though uh, I haven't been in much contact, I thought I'd say hello. So everybody sounds like they're well, yes? Yeah, we're doing good. I'm doing we're good. We're doing good, <laughs> yeah. So, Glenn, can you... Same here. Uh, thanks. Go ahead. I was going to ask you... Uh, do you have anything to say about step 12 by chance? Absolutely, I do. Okay. Of course. Lay it on us. I've got it. You know, <laughs> I, I have a hard time talking, so yeah, I'll try my best. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was listening to Angela. Uh, I, I just came on a few minutes ago and was listening to Angela, and step 12 is a big part of my recovery today, obviously. Um, it consists of... Uh, service work, helping others, um, and the traditional, and in the traditional sense, uh, I keep my recovery semi-private in my business life and in my personal life other than people who know me, which is most people eventually, um, so I don't wear it on my sleeve there, but um, step 12 for me is uh, share the message of when people remark all through my recovery man, you do so, you don't drink and you don't, you do so well, or this, that, and the other, I share how and why. Um, I, I, I have a couple of great 12-step uh, uh, stories. Uh, I heard a little bit of John say, and I, I didn't catch the first of it, but, um, you know, I, I don't do a bunch of responding to calls anymore either. Um, but the biggest mistake, and, and uh, what I share with anybody about 12-step work, in my experience, is this, that um, we did a 12-step uh, a couple of years ago on a, on a girl that parked out in front of my house and felt really secure and, you know, being there with knowing I was a safe guy, and uh, we got her 
uh, like an intervention and got her all coached up and ready to go to treatment. Oh, we just forgot one thing. We didn't have anywhere to take her. <laughs> you know, and so that was a real learning experience for me uh, that, you know, in today's environment of... Uh, oh, dear. Well, while we wait for Glenn to call back in, I can, I'll, I'll talk about him. Um, <laughs> that one of the things that I, I do know about Glenn um, and the 12th step is that um, I met him in. I think he's um, back now. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yay. Well, dang it. Hey, now I'm hey, going to have to hey, talk yeah, about you later. Yeah. Yeah. We can talk about me all you like. I think I may have accidentally <laughs> hung up on you, um, Glenn. I, I was playing with my phone. And uh, I lost you then. No, I actually, it was actually on my end. I had another call coming. Oh, okay. I hit the wrong button. Gotcha. <laughs> so, yeah, I was uh, I was trying to share a little bit on the 12th step and that I still do 12th step work uh, when, when it's safe. And I heard a little bit of your story, and I think that that, along with a lot of other things in life, is, is something that has changed. Um, and I don't feel spiritually or otherwise bad or neglectful I'm not willing to go into certain areas and put my life and myself at risk to do 12 step work that's been described in the book or other stories if other people choose to do that I think that's great um, you know my 12 step calling now uh, as I call it is to be there for the people like myself who anybody else that's listening of course doesn't know our interrelated stories um, uh, one of the reasons I called in was to, uh, you know, say hey to Angela that, you know, her being at that first international convention is a huge part of my recovery. And I've been able to pay that back tenfold in 12-step work, uh, in meetings, in service work. I'm the DCM for our area. Um, so I get awesome. back all the time, you know. Uh, and, and I think that's 12-step work. And yeah. then, you know, the other part of the traditional 12th step is to practice spiritual principles in all our affairs. Well, you know, without going into can an atheist have spirituality, which, of course, my 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 experience is yes. Um, yeah, I, I try to practice some type of principles in all my affairs. It's part of my recovery, and it's part of what keeps me sober, right? Um, yeah. So, yeah, I have, I have 12th step, uh, you know, all over in my life. And then the other part of the 12 step that I was going to share is that I no longer raise my hand and volunteer to, to um, sponsor and things of that nature because my plate is full, man. Mm-hmm. I, sponsor six, I, I, I sponsor six to seven people at a time. Uh, right mm-hmm. now I've got five men and one woman and, um, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm, I'm okay with that spiritually. It doesn't bother me, you know. If someone asks me or comes up to me after a meeting, which happens a lot when I share about my atheism and, and that AA works for me being an atheist uh, in traditional meetings, I usually always get approached. And uh, what I tell them is, sure, I'll be glad to be your temporary sponsor until we find you one. Call me every day, you know, or something to that effect. But my place yeah. is full, guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep, we know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah, 12, the 12th step is definitely uh, a part of my recovery, and I would say probably one of the biggest parts of my recovery with my involvement with service work. Um, as you both know, uh, my involvement with these state conventions, which, you know, I've got that going on again this year. Um, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. And, and, and I think, uh, you know, it all comes around full circle. Um primary purpose is to be there for other alcoholics, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, thanks. And I just wanted to say hey and stay in contact, and I think this is really wonderful. Um, I'll try to keep up a little better, and, um, <laughs> you know, we've got a lot of things going on here uh, in, in Jacksonville, and, uh, you know, things are good here. Things are responsive, and things are good here, so. Um, I'll, I'll share some of that with y'all off the uh, off the podcast. I'll be in touch, I promise. And just wanted to say hey, and then that we're alive and well here. Uh, Good deal. I guess it's a little sunnier and warmer here than it is your way, yes? Probably. <laughs> Definitely. 
the sun's out here, but it's a little bit chilly on a little bit on the chilly side. Yeah, it's chilly yeah, and the sun uh, is nowhere to be seen in Boise. Oh, Glenn, I got to ask you something. As a, as a football fan, Glenn, so you, you watched the Super Bowl? Yeah. But you were rooting uh, for the Chiefs. You were rooting for the Chiefs, but you I bet was. against them. You lost some money, didn't you? Uh, yes, I did, man. <laughs> uh, I sure did, but I made up for it in the second half because I could tell they were going to win the game. Oh, right. I really, uh, I really, yeah. And I'm a season ticket holder. Uh, for uh, We have a pro team here in Jacksonville, uh. if you want to call it that. But, um, <laughs> uh, I'm a uh, uh, yeah. And I'm a real fan of, um, of Patrick and, and what he's done yeah. as a player and as a person. He's a good guy. And, and I've been to Kansas City, and I've been to Kansas City um, to give an un, un, uh, unsolicited plug that, and ate the best barbecue I've ever had in my life. Yeah. But, um, uh, uh, you know, I've been to the old Kansas City Stadium, and what an experience and what a place that is. You mm. know, I, I love that city. Yeah, It's a great city. Angeles City is a great city. I'm more in love with Boise every day. I just can't get there. <laughs> I've never been there either. I've been uh, to Idaho yeah. before, though. It is nice there. Yeah. No, we're designing absolutely it that cool way. Making it quite difficult. <laughs> just it's kidding. Absolutely cool, and you're missing it. I will be back there for sure in in the near future. Hey. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll be in touch with both of y'all about the state convention coming up in uh, August. Uh, they are going to give us another workshop. When I say us, it's going to be a uh, agnostic free thinkers uh, workshop, and uh, going to let us and let us chair some meetings. And uh, at our next committee meeting uh, next week, I'm going to try to get them to put us on the flyer, uh, advertising that there will be um, agnostic free thinkers meetings, like they yeah. do LBGTQ and other things of that nature. And uh, my my experience around here has still been more positive than negative. And, um, uh, you know, I'm really grateful for that. You know, I try to share that, too, every chance I get. Yeah, that's awesome, Glenn. I, I just think it's amazing what you've been able to do uh, in your area, coming back from the convention and starting a meeting and then, you know, getting a service position and then becoming DCM and, you know, and all the stuff with the area. You know, I, I just think that it's so cool and that a lot of us uh, could use, you know, your message and uh, tools. And, and so hopefully you'll be able to share some of that at, at some of our conventions coming up as well. Yeah, oh, I, I, I'm looking forward to it. Um, uh, we're trying to get an organized group together. We've already got two of us that were in Austin, um, three of us actually, and uh, for for the November uh, the DC convention. And I'm trying to get a bigger group. And the other thing, if I have a second, I wanted to share, and I'm going to be in touch to understand more, and also going to get a hold of the Canadian guys. Is <laughs> I'm going to make some road trips to some other meetings here in Florida. And try to start networking to begin a roundup. I see they have these roundups out west all the time, and I think that uh, Florida's ready for one of those. You know? Nice. Yeah, I think that would yeah. be great. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I really, I really think so. You know? Um, are you guys headed up to Detroit by any chance? Yes. Um, so. Yeah, so I, one of the things, um, Vancouver, or not Vancouver, um, Langley, BC is doing a Pacific Northwest Regional um, in May, May 16th. Uh, so, you know, um, if anybody is, you know, remotely near that area, um, you can find out the information both on AA Beyond Belief and on the Secular AA website and on AA Agnostica. Um, and uh, so I'm going to that. Um, and then uh, Secular AA will have a hospitality room in Detroit. Um, we're still, you know, getting some of the groundwork laid on um, being able to get the message out to Secular AA members on where it's going to be and, and how to be involved. But that information should be coming out within the next couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, um, they have given us a hospitality suite. So it's, you know, an official one. Um, and uh, and the, it'll be listed under ICSA, I believe, under the International Conference of Secular AA. Oh. Um, yeah, and uh, and so yeah, so we're going to be hanging out with uh, with 
you know, the um, the young people um, hospitality suite and, you know, all of those things because they put all of them in one hotel. So, um, so yeah, um, I'll be I'll be sending out a newsletter and some more information about that pretty soon. But we're we're going to be in Detroit, and uh, and then yeah, we're going to have a bunch of information there for the DC conference, and uh, and hope to get people um, over there as well. Where will you post that information when you when you remark like I'm going to post that? Will that be on the yeah. net? Will it be on a website? Where will it be? Yeah, that will be everywhere. So, <laughs> so one thing is I, I already have a list, uh, and you're on it, of people who have um, filled out a form. Um, I guess the, that uh, AA Beyond Belief and AA Agnostica had put out on people interested. So anybody who filled out that form, I have their name for an email list. So it'll go out to that list of people already interested. It'll also go out to anybody on the secular AA um, email list from the secular AA website. Um, and then we'll be posting it in the, the private um, Facebook groups um, as well. So the Secular AA Coffee Shop, the Sober She Devils group, and um, the AA Beyond Belief group. Um, so yeah, so pretty much everywhere that we can as soon as we have things shored up so that, um, so that we can give everyone the information that's the most correct at the time. Well, that sounds wonderful. And as you know, I'm a man of action, so I'm ready to help. You just let me know how, and I'll be glad to Coming back full circle to the 12th step, I guess uh, you could say another interesting new type of 12th step that I did just a couple of weeks ago uh, involved that Sea Devils uh, group that we had a woman come uh, to our Saturday morning meeting who wasn't at all comfortable, didn't feel safe going to regular meetings for reasons that are none of, you know, is not important. And I mm-hmm. was able to turn her on to that group. And she's been nice. participating and really real excited, which is totally cool. That's 12-step work also, you know? Yeah, definitely, definitely. That's an amazing group. So thank you for, oh. for sharing the message in that way. Oh, yeah, no worries. And thank you all for your service. And I really look forward and miss both of you. And I will be seeing you soon. Um, so you all have a great day, okay? You too. Nice talking you to too, you, You too, Glenn. Glenn. Thanks, Glenn. All right. See you later. Bye-bye. They have a nice community down there in Jacksonville. I, I really enjoyed my visit there and the meeting I went to at their group. I When I left there, I felt like, you know, I, I could probably live in Jacksonville and be pretty happy there, I think. So it was a really nice. nice area. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. When I met him, he was, uh, um, and he doesn't mind my, my sharing this, uh, having a, a hard time. I had just, you know, kind of come out as atheist in his area and there were no meetings. Um, you know, this was at, at the Santa Monica conference. And so there was uh, myself and then two members of my home group, um, uh, Gary and Mike, that had gone down to that conference. And we were just sitting outside um, in the lovely Santa Monica weather with him and sharing, you know, how... Um, how I started uh, my group, you know, with the other three people and, and Gary and Mike had been, you know, um, core members and carrying on the group for a very long time. And, and just some of the stuff that we did that uh, helped us get along in our community with the other AA groups. And, you know, and then I hadn't heard from him and, and I went offline, um, stopped social media in 2016. Um, and so I had no idea that he had gone back to Jacksonville and started a meeting and, you know, did all this stuff. And so, yeah, um, it wasn't until um, Toronto uh, that he came up to me at the office. Uh, at the conference there and shared with me, uh, you know, all that he's done. And so it's, it's amazing. It's really a very cool thing uh, that, uh, that he's been able to do. It's not always as easy in, in every area as we know. There are some places that are a bit more resistant uh, to <laughs> groups like ours and stuff. So, you know, like Texas uh, and uh, other than Austin. Um, and so, but, so that I think is what makes it even um, cooler that, that he was able to just, you know, uh, get renewed, I guess, in, in a non-spiritual way um, and have the, the impetus to go back and, and get things going there. And that it's just, you know, an amazing example now for other AA groups and secular people of, uh, of how to get us included um, so that more people can get sober um, within AA. Um, 
So yeah, so it's very cool. I like that um, ICSA is going to be in there with um, the other um, special purpose groups, the young people and, and uh, yeah. the LGBTQ groups and so forth. Right. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I've always kind of thought of us as, as um, like the, a group like that. It's, you know, t- mm-hmm. an AA group, um, AA meetings, uh, special purpose AA meetings, I guess, for yeah. for people who just want to have a secular approach. Yeah. So Yeah. That's pretty much what what it is so it's very cool um i haven't heard anything on us um having speakers on panels yet but i did you know send a bunch of information to uh gso and to people in charge um and uh and so if i hear anything back on that um i don't know if they'll you know contact people directly or if they'll contact the secular aa board um to get people um but if i find out more about that i'll definitely definitely share it but um yeah, at least having the hospitality suite and having it be an official one. So it's going to be on the app that's used for um, that conference um, so people can find it as well as the printed material. So, wow. Yeah. I wish I could be there for that. I just, I've never been to one. I just, there's just no way I could swing it though. This, this, yeah. there's, other, there's other things that we need to do. And we, we're definitely, I'm definitely going to be in the, at the ICSA conference in DC. And then, right. uh, I think my wife and I are wanting to take a trip someplace too. So, very cool. Yeah. So back to step 12. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Step 12 with a kind of a detour off into football land. And um, I want to get the impression that I think that that it's all about, you know, dragging people to the hospital and so forth like that. It it totally isn't. It's just like I said in the beginning, it's just it's just how I live my life now. It's just it's just the way I feel about, you know, wanting to give back. And in any kind of way. And, you know, much like what Glenn, Glenn has done in in Florida, you know, he's done a tremendous amount of 12 step work by just making it possible for people to find a secular meeting in Jacksonville, you know? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And it's very rewarding too. So, yeah. Right. I, I agree. Well, if anybody else wants to call, our line is open. It's 844-899-8278 and we welcome your call. Talk about whatever you want to. (laughs) <laughs> right football tattoos football tattoos yeah. whatever yeah i i have one tattoo it's like a sun in the moon thing i was going for like a carpe diem carpe oh. noctum type thing um in my early early 20s and i got it in kansas city missouri oh really um, yeah <laughs> wow. I'd, I'd, I'd spent a summer doing an internship with uh an ecumenical ministry of all things. Um, it was when I was going to become a minister. And, uh, and a group of us, uh, one of the kids was like, I'm going to get a tattoo and I need to get it in at this one place in Kansas City. And, uh, and so several of us went over and I'm like, maybe I'll get one too. And then he chickened out. And so I, I had to, to go through with it just to, you know, show that, that I'm more of a, a man than he is, I guess. Uh. At the time. <laughs> and, uh, and so, yeah, so I, you know, Kansas city, uh, is, uh, is responsible for my one and only tattoo. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So the only time I've been there too, but hopefully I'll be able to get there another time. Yeah. But, yeah. So that's, that's my digression is, you know, I have a, a not into football and uh, not familiar with the, the Super Bowl stuff, no. although I'm, you know, congratulations. Thank you. Um, but, uh, yeah. I'm not a but, football fan until they actually go to the Super Bowl, then I'm a fan. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Around here, everyone's a Boise State Broncos fan. You know, we've right. got the Smurf turf and stuff. And so, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a thing, but uh, it's never been my thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So anyway, after we, uh, so when we, so we, oh, I'm stuck. Okay. So now that we've kind of wound (laughs) up with the steps, we were talking about maybe doing some other, some other topics. Um, Right. Did you mention, did you mention a topic of you wanted to explore? Um, yeah, um, I thought that uh, at some point, um, you know, if people were interested, um, that uh, we could explore more um, mental health um, and uh, AA, um, you know, and, and so some of the experiences that uh, people have had and, and as well as, you know, our own experiences of working, you know, with what's de- deemed outside issues um, in AA um, so that, uh, yeah, there's a, a little bit more knowledge of people's actual experiences. Um, sometimes people experience that uh, they're told that they're not supposed to be on 
antidepressants or, you know, or that they, you know, can't get sober. They're not sober if they are, you know, all sorts of stuff. And so, yeah, I thought that you and I have um, experience with uh, being sober and, and working with mental health stuff as well and in AA. And yeah, if people are interested, that might be a good thing for I us think to, so. to talk I think about. So. And it's something that's pretty close explore. to my heart. It's the uh, mental illness has been just tore my family apart. And, and when I was a younger person, um, getting sober depression was a huge problem for me and uh so i would have people tell me that that was a normal part of um getting sober and and uh, they dissuaded me so much from getting help for so long and and i'm you know i put it off and i'm just really fortunate that i lived through it it was really it made my it made the whole thing way more difficult than it needed to be so when i finally started I started off with therapy and then I went into getting uh, medication and it just turned my life around. So, yeah, but unfortunately I understand that they still talk about that. Yeah. Certain places do and, and uh, certain groups of AAers and, and things like that. So, you know, it's not, it's not uh, prevalent everywhere, but you can still hear echoes of it in, in different places. And, uh, so, yeah, I think it's important to to get that message out there that, you know, one, it's not like some sort of official AA thing that you, you know, that you shouldn't, uh, you, you know, go to counseling and, uh, and take medications as prescribed by doctors. It's, I think, actually in the big book that you should. That's right. It know, absolutely do is. Stuff, <laughs> you know, so yeah, um, you know, it, it was, you know, written in the 30s, um, but that's still uh, pretty prevalent and, and uh, good advice of, uh, you know, seeing people who uh, can help you with whatever it is going on. AA is not a, a fix-all, although some people, you know, truly believe it is. Um, but uh, I think particularly those of us in the secular community are aware that um, that it's not and that, um, you know, that there are lots of resources. And most of us use an, a variety of resources for our sobriety. So we don't just do AA. Some people go to, uh, you know, Dharma recovery groups or go to, you know, SOS Save Ourselves or Women in Recovery or smart groups or, you know, all sorts of stuff. Um, and so, yeah, I think uh, us talking about it some more. Um, and I know your your podcast is, is great for that. You know, you have a lot of different people that you've had on. And I just listened to the one with Jon Stewart the other day and, and yeah, I hadn't heard that one before. And so, yeah, and so that, I, you know, it's interesting. Um, it'll be good. I know that he's going to be at uh, the DC conference, um, ICSA, and I'm very curious to see how his um, thoughts, you know, have either evolved or, or what he thinks of, you know, what's what secular AA has um, become in all of the new meetings and things like that, you know. Yeah. So yeah. So it that was be interesting. interesting to see what he has to say. I I haven't talked to him in a long time. Uh, he's gotten like really busy because his band has started back up again. But um, when I had that podcast with him, he at that time was um, oh he's pro-choice. He says you know he's not anti anything. He's for whatever works for you. And he did think that AA as a whole, like the AA World Services and so forth, should be more open and reaching out to other um, support groups and so forth to to somehow pool resources and, and everything. And AA has always been kind of, you know, we do our thing. You know, we don't want to get mixed up with anybody else. So, um, but yeah, he's a, he's a very thoughtful person and he has spoken a lot about um, AA and he's pretty knowledgeable of the history of it too. So yeah, it'll be interesting to to, to um, hear him at the at the conference. Yeah. So no other callers, huh? Nobody no. wants to come and um, call there are in people and in the chat room though. Bob B says that mental emotional health would be a good topic. Indeed. Yeah. So definitely we'll have to do that. You know, something I was thinking about that too is it only takes like it's always the small minority of people that do these screwy things. <laughs> you know, seriously. Right. And it makes it seem like everybody is like that. You know, it's like they, they're the ones that give AA a bad name. It's the one guy out of 30 in a meeting that go, that walks over to you and tells you not to take your meds. That's the guy, you know? And it's like he does it and no one else knows he's doing it, you know? But but the, the message gets to you. 
You know, it's just because I've never had like a whole group of people come to me and say, oh, John, you shouldn't be taking your medication, but always be that one guy that pull me aside. Right. Yeah. <sighs> no, I, I, I agree. <laughs> That's from my experience as well. It's usually one, maybe two people, yeah. but they're usually extremely loud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's and those so people, I think they there's have something strong opinions. Yeah. Something that we respond to. Maybe they, they, you know, touch into our negativity bias or I don't know what it is, but, but it is funny um, that, uh, you know, uh, the way we respond uh, to stuff like that too, like, you know, doing this, this podcast with you and um, you know, it's, it's also on uh, YouTube and somebody uh, did a thumbs down on, I think my story, like on my actual story. <laughs> and it, yeah. And I was like, what? I, somebody thumbed down my life story. It reminded me of the Alanis Morissette song of, you know, something of, I think it's an ironic, you know, when you, oh, no, it's uh, that she'd be okay, even if she got the thumbs down. I'm like, yeah, I relate, Alanis, I relate, I got, I got the thumbs down. But yeah, there were, there are lots of people who liked it. I've got a lot of good response, you know, from it that, uh, that people have heard my story on your podcast and, um, and that, yeah, it was the first time that they'd heard of a, a secular person, you know, using the steps or a secular version of the steps in somebody's life specifically. You know, like we have a lot of literature out there now that talk about, you know, the 12 steps in a secular way. Um, but, you know, there, there wasn't a lot of people talking about how they actually work the steps in a secular way. And so, yeah, so I get lots of, of good things from that. You know, I've never received, you know, something where somebody's like, yeah, that's just dumb. Um, you know, maybe they thought it, but obviously this person did because they gave me a thumbs down. And who knows? You know, maybe he's just some, he, maybe yeah. he's some like fundamentalist guy who just didn't like, yeah. <laughs> didn't yeah. like something. I don't know. Right. But yeah. yeah. No, I, there I, is I a woman in town that doesn't like me. And so, you oh, know, I'm yeah. guessing she oh, found yeah. it and, and gave me the thumbs down. But, you know, I can't tell who it is, which no. is, is probably good. And, uh, uh, but yeah, it was like, what? You know, the thumbs down on my life story of how? Rude. I, know. I, know. <laughs> you know? I may not appreciate someone's personality, but uh, you know, at the life story—it's—it's it's, you know what people have experienced. That's one of the things that I do like about most AA um, groups, though. Uh, most AA meetings is the sharing from experience, strength, and hope. Because in in general, you know, it, it uh, you don't get a lot of crosstalk because, you know, if I share with you what my experience is, you can't say, nope, that didn't happen, you know, <laughs> because it's my experience. And so I think that that's a really, really helpful thing within in the rooms. But, you know, YouTube and social media is a different story. It totally is. I often say that I think that um, Facebook is like the worst place for AA is Facebook because it's like most of the AA Facebook groups I've been in, I've left because people want to debate and argue. And it's like, no, I don't do that in AA. I just tell you what it is for me. And it's my personal thing. You know, it's not something that's up for debate. I just don't get that. So, yeah. And, but I see that even happen in our little AA Beyond Belief group. Sometimes people want to debate this or that. It's like, oh, come on. I am not really into that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think your group, you, you have some great moderation on it. And I, I think that a lot of people feel um, very comfortable um, in your uh, uh, private face group, Facebook group because of, because of that. Yeah, so well, what I do, do like um, if somebody, because like, we get a lot of people join and um, if somebody, I'll throw people out. Like if they just like are evangelizing or just getting crazy, I've had to throw people out for that kind of stuff. But I don't mind if they, oh, you know, I'm, I don't, I don't, I'm pretty loose about most things, but it's just like, I've had people that actually preach at us, preach God at us. So like, right. God. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a democracy. No. And, uh, you know, you and, and, and I think that's a, that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I yeah. think that's a, a good thing. So. Yeah. You know, well, this has been fun. Um, if there aren't any other callers, maybe we should start wrapping it up. We've been going for almost 50 minutes. So. Well, it's really been nice to chatting with you and uh, doing these podcasts with you. I think that oh, you've done a great job, and I'm glad that we that we did the second run through because I think you brought a lot to the steps that um, I wouldn't have caught. You know, 
um, we're two different people and different experiences and, uh, your experience was really needed here, I think. So thank you very much for Great. doing that. It's really, yeah. Well, thank you for providing a platform to be able to, to do that, you know, so that people, yeah, in, in areas who either can't get to a meeting or, or, um, just are part of traditional meetings and have sponsors that are like, you need to do step two and three, you know, um, which I, I hear about a lot, you know, now they know some ways that they can still, you know, do that. And again, for the people that don't do steps that are in the secular community, that that's fine too. This podcast probably isn't for you, <laughs> you know? Um, so, you know, we're not saying that you have to do them, you know, it, it's, this is more for people that either want to or in, are in situations where they really need to um, in order to feel like they're part of their community and, and just need some options on, how how to do that? How to, to get everybody's those different steps, at different so. time different times in their life. You might need some some people like need need more structure at one point in their life and less structure at other points in their lives. Or I don't know. It's just you know I've go I've been all over the place. You know even in the last couple of years really. So, but we'll have to keep continue doing this. Um, so we'll definitely do the mental health um, the mental health um, episodes soon. And if you'd like to keep doing these, I'd love to have you have you on and um keep keep doing podcasts yeah i would love it i like so. doing this it's a lot of fun for me i mean i just love it it's just fun i like everything i like the equipment the nerdy stuff <laughs> and i i just i enjoy it but then i also have to remember that it's also it's also actually reaching people in a very deep personal way and so that sometimes if I really think about that, it gets some somewhat overwhelming, you know, can I like to kind of go back to just having the fun part, but, um, there are people out there that, um, you know, the podcast is like a meeting to them. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I, people who can't actually leave their house, uh, you know, I've suggested this podcast for, um, you know, because then they are still hearing people's experience, strength and hope and, and hearing a variety of ways of uh, getting and staying sober. And, uh, you know, in your style of doing podcasts too, and probably a part of your personality, it's so easygoing and uh, comfortable that I think that helps a lot with people, you know, getting possibly more out of a podcast or out of your podcast than, than some others, um, because it, it does feel, feel very comfortable and, and open. And, uh, well, thank yeah, you. That's very so. nice of you to say. I actually had, we talk about criticism. I had one person tell me that the host of that podcast is codependent with all of his guests. And uh, <laughs> I'm like, damn, am I? I probably am. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not quite sure what that means but okay anyway. yeah all right so i'm gonna play us out of here with our outro sounds I... good so there we go so thanks everybody for listening and thank you for calling we'll keep doing more of these call-in um episodes i think they're a lot of fun uh angela it's been a blast we'll get back together real soon and do the mental health podcast And uh, with that, from the luxurious studios in Kansas City, Missouri, and our satellite location in (laughs) Boise, signing off. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye.